Girl Scout Movement in the Public Schools by May Marsh. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Betsy Bush, Marquette, Michigan, June 2010. Girl Scout Movement in the Public Schools by May Marsh published in Report of the Proceedings of the Pennsylvania State Educational Association, 1917. Miss May Marsh, captain of the Girl Scouts of Altoona, brought a troop of Girl Scouts in uniform from that city, and after giving an outline of the work done by the troop and answering numerous questions on the Girl Scout movement, she invited the audience to the gymnasium where the regulation scout drill was given by the girls, the following paper was read by Miss Marsh on Girl Scouts in the Public Schools. Mr. Chairman, ladies and gentlemen, Girl Scouts, like Boy Scouts, are found all over the world. When Sir Robert Baden-Powell formed the first troop of Boy Scouts, 6,000 girls enrolled themselves. But, as Sir Robert's project did not include the admission of girls, he asked his sister, Miss Baden-Powell, to found a similar organization for girls based on the Boy Scout laws, with activities and occupations properly adapted for girls. She then founded the Girl Guide Organization. In America, in March 1912, the first patrols of Girl Guides were enrolled by Miss Juliet Lowe in Savannah, Georgia. In 1913, the national headquarters were established by her in Washington, D.C., and Miss Edith Johnston became the national secretary. The name Girl Guides was then changed to Girl Scouts because the object of the organization is to promote the Ten Scout Laws, truth, loyalty, helpfulness, friendliness, courtesy, kindness, obedience, cheerfulness, purity, and thrift. The movement then grew and spread in a remarkable way. In 1915, a convention of Girl Scout leaders from most of the large cities was held, and a national council was formed composed of delegates from the cities or communities where more than 100 Girl Scouts were enrolled. In 1916, headquarters were removed from Washington to New York. Eight girls in any town, school, or settlement may join together to form a patrol. They should have a captain who must be at least 21 years old. The captain selects a lieutenant who must be 18 years old, and the girls elect a patrol leader. In Europe, Girl Scout patrols are sometimes formed by grown women who wish to carry out the Girl Scout program of preparedness. Members of such patrols are called Senior Scouts. Senior Scouts make the three promises and accept the Scout law. They are organized in classes to learn first aid, signaling, marksmanship, or any other subject of the Girl Scout program of training. Each girl must promise on her honor to try to do three things. 1. To do my duty to God and to my country. 2. To help people at all times. 3. To obey the laws of the Scouts. Be prepared to do their duty is the motto of the Scouts, girls as well as boys. In order to live well, in order to possess the joy of life, and to be helpful to others, a Scout needs to apply her motto, be prepared, to herself. Strength and beauty should be hers in body, mind, and spirit. The body responds very readily to proper care and attention. The joyful exercise of vigorous outdoor games gives the finest type of training to the body, 
and at the same time the player enjoys the fun. A girl who develops a strong, agile body at the same time improves her brain. A girl with weak, flabby muscles cannot have the strength of character that goes with normal physical power. The Girl Scout organization aims to give the girl an opportunity to do the things that the girl naturally wishes to do, and at the same time gives her activities which are mentally, morally, and physically stimulating. The chief value of these activities is that the girl is being trained for fine womanhood and fine citizenship. Walking is the greatest exercise known, as well as the cheapest. A nation of good walkers is a healthy nation. Hence, the greatest stress is placed on hikes. While on these hikes, signaling, map-making, military drilling, and camp life can be taught. The different tests also, which the girl must pass in the striving for the different merit badges, all tend to efficiency. In the military drilling, the instant attention to a command, prompt obedience to a given signal, repeated time after time, fixes the habit of alertness. Patriotism and respect to our flag are taught in the tenderfoot tests, also the history of our flag. Moreover, it is a part of a Girl Scout's duty to do a good turn to someone every day. Poppy Troop, Girl Scouts of Altoona, was organized on the 30th of April, 1917, with 17 charter members. We now have an active live-wire troop of 50 members. Its first appearance in public was in the great parade held on Memorial Day. By request, the girls took charge of decorating the soldiers' graves in Fairview and Oak Ridge cemeteries. When the 3rd Regiment was stationed in our mountain city, a grand recruiting rally was held, the Girl Scouts assisting in this, taking part in two parades. For their services in this, Colonel Kemp tendered the services of the 3rd Regiment Band, 30 members strong for the Girl Scouts' lawn fete, which proved a strong drawing attraction. The troop was called upon to aid the Red Cross in their great drive. They sold 800 tickets for the Red Cross benefit held at the Orpheum Theater, besides acting as ushers the first night of the performance. Each girl signed the food conservation card sent out to the Girl Scouts, pledging themselves to give up meat one day a week and bread one meal a day, living up to the slogan, Every Scout to Feed a Soldier. The girls distributed the Liberty Loan literature, took in Liberty Loan subscriptions, besides taking a $50 bond in the name of the troop, quite a number of the members owning their own bonds besides. To pay for this bond, each girl pledged a dollar, either working for it or denying themselves some pleasure in order to make it up, thus learning the lesson of thrift. Besides all this outside work, in the eight months of the troop's existence, the girls have taken several hikes, each 15 miles long, have given a demonstration drill in Hollidaysburg by request, and have passed their tenderfoot test of 50 questions. Through the kindness of Dr. Layton, superintendent of the Altoona Schools, and the Altoona School Board, the Girl Scouts are taking up the high school junior year domestic science course. Besides this, they are studying first aid, signaling by semaphore and morse, and sewing. The troop has a Red Cross division equipped with stretchers and emergency kits. It prides itself also upon possessing three buglers and five color bearers, including two mounted color bearers. These are just some of the activities of Poppy Troop, Girl Scouts of Altoona. Besides being intensely interested in their scout work, the girls carry their enthusiasm into the schoolroom, 
priding themselves on living up to their scout laws in their classwork. The teachers report that they can always tell a Girl Scout by her promptness in answering questions, willingness to help others, and implicit obedience. Their military bearing has also been very favorably commented upon. When a Girl Scout is called upon to take part in any school exercise, the teacher can always depend on her to do her bit, willingly, cheerfully, and promptly. Thus, through the Girl Scout movement, the girls are trained to be healthy, useful women and true patriotic citizens. It might prove of interest to state, in closing, that at the National Convention of Girl Scout Leaders held October 26 and 27 in New York City, Mrs. Woodrow Wilson, wife of the President of the United States, graciously accepted the honorary presidency of the Girl Scouts of America. Mrs. Juliet Lowe was again elected the acting national president. I thank you. End of Girl Scout Movement in the Public Schools by May Marsh